Manifested Glory Worship Center. Kingdom focused, kingdom minded, kingdom living. This is the Rhema Talk Podcast, and you're listening to Pastor Damon C. Johnson, founder and senior pastor of Manifested Glory Worship Center. Today we're going to start a new teaching on the end times, and our focus is going to be on the book of Revelation. Uh, I know in the past I've done studies on this, but this is something new and something that I'm really excited to do. Um, So before we get started, let's go into a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we first just come to say thank you. We thank you, Father, that you allowed us to see this day. We allow us to uh, have use of our limbs and to operate, God, in our purpose. Father, we thank you that you're with us. You say where two or three are gathered in your name, you're in the midst. So, Father, we thank you for being with us. Now, Father, we pray that you will illuminate our minds and our hearts and we may receive this word from you, Father, that you will reveal through this book we call Revelation. And, Father, we pray that, that this time will be meaningful for your people and they will have insight, God, of the times we're living in. Father, uh, we pray for Elder John and for Deaconess Katrina and myself, God, that we may uh, do this with, 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 with the right spirit. And not only with the right yes. spirit, Father, we will operate, God, in excellence. And we give you glory in advance in Jesus' name. And the people of God, say amen with us. Amen. 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 Well, again, we are really excited to be here with you tonight. Um, and Deaconess Katrina is our moderator, and Elder John and I will walk you through uh, the scriptures. And we're going to be tonight in Revelation 1, and we'll see how far. We, hopefully we can get two chapters done. Hopefully we can get chapters 1 and 2, but we'll see how far we get and how the Holy Spirit leads. But now I'm going to turn it over to our moderator, Deaconess Katrina. Deaconess Katrina. Well, good evening, everyone. First, let me start off by giving honor to God, who's the head of my life. I want to give honor to Pastor, as well as Elder John, for allowing me to take part in this um, in-time Bible study this evening. So we're going to go ahead and get started. So we know you mentioned that we're going to have an in-time teaching. So what made you decide to do the, the teaching on Revelations at this particular time? Well, it, this, this all started from a conversation that I had with Elder John. We were just reflecting on uh, just the times that we're living in. We know that uh, our grandmoms and granddads said, oh, we're living in the last days, but I can honestly say I believe we're living in the last of the last days. And this really was Elder John's idea. (laughs) Uh, This was really his concept. Um, and I just thought that it was perfect. I thought that this was something. And Elder John and I, in 10 years, have never co-taught a lesson. So the fact that we could do this together, and um, I think it's going to be great. Because most of the time on Bible study, there's a, a, a monologue that takes place. It's just one person talking, but now it can be a dialogue. Yes. Um, and we can really have a meaningful conversation um, about all this. So that's my reason, Elder John. I'll let you share what's on your heart about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I concur. Like that—that that was so. It was so important to me. I started seeing um, things, and Pastor and I, we would talk about what's going on in the world. Um, you know, this nation rising up against this nation, and there's so many things that we're seeing that are, you know, leading way or giving us, you know. Uh, cause to pause and and pay attention to what's going on in the world. So we felt like it was just really important to explain the re- revelations. It's it's one thing to read revelations, and it's another thing to understand the book of Revelations. And so that's kind of the desire for tonight. Awesome, awesome. So as you all heard, pastors mentioned that usually Bible study is a monologue, but this night we will do a dialogue. With that being said, we want to hear from you. As we go through Bible study tonight, send us your questions. Type it in the chat, and we will try to get to all the questions possible. But we want to hear from you. What are your thoughts? What are you thinking? What are your questions? Um, We want you to be well informed as well. So please send in your questions, and we will answer them um, as many as possible. I want to add, please share this. Share this if if you can. Do a watch party. Somebody else, I'm sure, out there, you know, has questions. And all of us have had questions about the book of Revelations. So please, I encourage you, start a watch party. Share this. Don't keep this to yourself. Thank you. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and get started. And before we get started, we're going to go in with another question. Who, reading about Revelations, who wrote the book of Revelations? Okay. Um, Well, we know that um, according just to the, for the first um, couple of verses in chapter one that the author of 
the book of Revelation is the Apostle John. Mm -hmm. Now, we don't want to get the Apostle John confused with John the Baptist. They're two different people. Remember, we covered um, that John last week on, on Sunday, that John the Baptist and Jesus were cousins. Well, John, the Apostle John, was the one, the youngest one, the one that Jesus loved. When you see that throughout the text, he was the one that was close to Jesus. He was a part of Jesus' inner circle. Remember, it was John, Peter, and James um, that was a part of uh, Jesus' inner circle, okay? Um, he was the last living apostle according to, to the text because he was the youngest. He lived uh, well beyond the other uh, apostles. And so um, that's who wrote it. Elder John, I don't know if you have anything to add to that. Yeah, uh, um, uh, he's also known as um, John the Elder because uh, he's the disciple in the Gospels. Um, but as he progresses, he becomes a father of the faith and he's referred to as John the Elder. So the epistles, 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John, are all written by um, John. Uh, so th this individual is really, really important. And it's also important to note that this, 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 this individual had pretty much the greatest revelation of all the other apostles. He's the only one who actually went in when Jesus was taken away John was the only one who followed Jesus. They all left him at one point. But John, and remember John and Peter, they got to the fire. Uh, John went past the fire and went in. Mm -hmm. So he's the one you get the account. And all the other apostles had the account of what took place in the court because of John. He stayed with Jesus the, 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 the longest. And also, he's the one that Jesus appointed to be the steward or to, 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 to watch over his mom. So mm -hmm. John had a, a, a God, the Lord had a particular affinity towards John. Exactly. He was, he also took him underneath his wing. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus and John had a very strong relationship. And so it's not surprising that Jesus will reveal this revelation to John. Mm. Amen. 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 So we're going to go ahead and we're going to start um, in Revelations 1, verse 1. And it reads, this is a revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants the events that must soon take place. He sent an angel to present this revelation to his servant John, who faithfully reported everything he saw. This is his report of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. God blesses the one who reads the words of this prophecy to the church. And he blesses all who listen to its message and obey what it says, for the time is near. Let's, let's pause there for a minute, Dignus. Thank you. So we see here, we see here in his first three verses that, um, that, that this revelation is from Jesus Christ, okay? That's the first thing we need to highlight, okay? It's from Jesus Christ, but the purpose of it is so we can see the events that must soon take place. Okay, so, so we know we're, we're referring to those end times. Okay, Elder John, you want to add anything about these first couple of verses? Yeah, actually, verse 3, this just, you know, came, came to me. Um, it, it says, God blesses the one who reads the words of this prophecy to the church. And the reason that stood out to me, Pastor, and, uh, you know, it's just because uh, there, there are some faiths, there are some doctrines that teach you, you cannot read the book of Revelations right? You should not read it. But verse 3 tells you that there's a blessing attached to reading the book of Revelations. So it's really, really important that we, we note that, that, that there is a blessing to Christ. that blesses the one, King James says, blessed is he who readeth the words of this book. And so I think that's something that it's really, really important to take note of. Mm -hmm. and, and, and the latter part of that is, 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 is I think it's awesome as well. It says, and he blessed all who listens to his message and obey, obey. Mm -hmm. what it says. Come on. So, so it's important to see, see that's, that's one of the things I think that we do a lot of times is that we'll receive a revelation, but a lot of times we won't, we'll listen, but do we obey mm -hmm. the message of it? And so it's going to be important for us in these last days to take heed to what the Lord is saying to us in this, in this teaching that we're going to have. To, to not just be hearers but doers also doers of the amen. word amen 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 for those of you who are just joining in who have joined in late we are doing a live bible study teaching but it's not a monologue tonight tonight is a dialogue so if you have any questions any thoughts about what we're discussing tonight please feel free to put it in the chat and we will get to them we are right now in revelations chapter one and we are heading into 
verse 4. We want to hear from you, so please put in your questions. Well, picking up on verse 4, this letter is from John to the seven churches in the province of Asia. Grace and peace to you from the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come, from the sevenfold spirit before his throne, and from Jesus Christ. He is the faithful witness to these things, the first to rise from the dead, and the ruler of all the kings of the world. All right. Th thank you, Deaconess. So, so I, I want to start here in verse 4. This letter is going to seven churches in the province of Asia. And we're going to get into those seven churches. Um, if we don't cover all of them all tonight, we'll be able to cover the rest of them um, next week. Mm -hmm. But we have to understand that a lot of times people, when they see this, they automatically think, oh, this don't pertain to me. This pertains to the church in Ephesus or the church in, in, uh, in Philadelphia. But no. The, the, these seven churches represent the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. And we're going to see the personality of the body of Christ in all these churches. At some point, we'll see the whole church in these seven churches. And so this, even though it's, it's very, to a very specific audience, we are a part of that audience because we represent the ecclesia or the body of Christ. Amen. Anything you want to add up with hey, you? Hey, I mean, Pastor, you just <laughs> chopped that one up. Okay. Go on, Deaconess. <laughs> All the glory to him who loves, who loves us and has freed us from our sins by shedding his blood for us. He has made us a kingdom of priests for God his Father in all glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Now, now, now. Think, think about what, the just, just, what was just read. He has made us a kingdom of priests. My question is, how come we're not operating like a kingdom of priests? Wow. See, a kingdom of priests, man, come on. priests, listen, pre, listen to some of the responsibility of the priests. They, they offered up sacrifice. Mm -hmm. A lot of times in church, as, as priests, we don't want to give God what he's due. We don't offer up any sacrifice. The priests were faithful. They were always in the temple serving. Mm -hmm. Amen. Lights and walls. And so, think about think about the priesthood. And if we are a, if we are a kingdom of priests, that means we should be serving. That means we should be offering up sacrifice. That means we should be working and building the kingdom, and encouraging those. And and listen, giving the word of God to, to those who are not a part of the kingdom, so they can become a part of the kingdom. And so that I, think, I think that stood out to me there um, that he has made us this, and this is who we are, and we need to function and operate that way. And, and Pastor, just as you said that it, it came to mind, the, the, the one of the responsibilities of the priest is also to, 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 to speak to, to God on behalf of the congregation, right, mm -hmm. of, on behalf of others. So they are, they are, we're supposed to be intercessors, right? They intercede on behalf of the, maybe your family, maybe your loved ones, maybe your neighbors, maybe your coworkers. So we should be uh, interceding on their behalf, right? And so I think that, that what you mentioned about, he says he has made us all priests. Mm -hmm. we, 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 we can go before the throne where others who may not be in relationship with Christ Cannot and so uh, so so I think it's really significant. Say he, the Bible declares that he made us priests. He made us priests. Amen. Amen. Once again, for those who are just joining us, we want to hear from you. We are in Revelations this evening, chapter one. If you have any questions, please put them in the chat, and we will get to them during our Q and A. We're picking up in verse seven. Look, he who comes with the clouds of heaven. And everyone will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the nations of the world will mourn for him. Yes. Amen. So listen, this is the thing that blessed me about this verse is that uh, everyone. Mm -hmm. That's why I, I love when the Bible says that every knee shall oh, bow. Wow. Yep. And every tongue will confess that he is Lord. Even those who persecuted him and pierced him will, will have to recognize who he is. Mm. And so that, 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 that thing blessed me that our Lord is not just the, our Lord. He's the Lord of the universe that, that the all creation bows down to who he is. And that even those who don't think they're going to bow, the Bible says every knee will bow 
and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. And so I want to get my practice in now. I don't want to wait until he cracks the sky to get it in. I want to confess that he's Lord now. I want to be counted in the number that says, yes, he is Lord now. Look, even when things are rough, he's still Lord. When things are, are, are crazy, he's still Lord. Even when there's so much uncertainty in our world, he's still Lord. And I want to declare that now in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst Amen. of civil unrest, that he is still Lord. Amen. Amen. I, I have to, I have, can I go back on a couple mm -hmm. verses? Um, in, in verse, uh, uh, verse four, no, verse five, it says, and from Jesus Christ, <clears throat> he is the faithful witness to these things. Mm -hmm. The first to rise from the dead, the first, the first to rise from the dead and the ruler of all the kings of the world. So when you were talking, when you were speaking just now, I just thought about like all the stuff that's going on in the world. It declares that he's the king. All, all these leaders that are doing this and are doing that, they have to bow to Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So, so, so we, we, this, this is not about, you know, and I think we, for the most part, many have taught the book of Revelations to scare us. Mm -hmm. And we've operated or we studied Revelations with fear, right? I know, I, can I testify? I know when I first heard the uh, book of Revelations taught, I was about 12, 13 years old, and I gave my life to the Lord because I was scared <laughs> of what was going to happen. I was seeing bugs flying, hornets, and, and, and horses and everything. And so, but I don't think that that's the purpose of the children of God. We are mm -hmm. the priests. We, of, of anybody, we shouldn't be operating in fear when it comes to this because we have the revelation. We are given the revelation. Right. And our God is actually reigns over all the kings of the earth. And as Pastor just talked about, and they all will have to mourn before him. Mm -hmm. They all will have to, no matter how big and bombastic they speak, they all will have to bow, to the, bow the knee to Jesus Christ. Amen. Absolutely. And I think you brought up a good point, Elder John. It, it's not about fear. Yes. We know that God is, that's not, fear causes torment. Mm -hmm. And we know that's not what he does. So Amen. that was a very po um, good point. We're going to go into verse 8. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord God. I am the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come, the Almighty One. Now, okay. we, we got to pause here, John. Go, go, go first, please. No. Go, go first, Elder John. Oh, man. Look, so, so right here, he, he says, I am. Now, I am, number one, um, for, for those who come to Bible study, no, no, for those, listen, we know that I am is one of the names of God. That's when God said to Moses, Moses said, well, who shall I say sent me, right? Uh, God says, I am that I am. I am. That is, it's the, the verb form of to be. So, so he first starts off with saying, I am the alpha, which means the beginning, and the omega, which means the end. I am the beginning and the end, says the Lord God. I am the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come, the Almighty One. And, and I'm going to wait till a couple more verses down to, to bring another point up. But go ahead, Pastor. Well, so th th this blessed me. Now, I'll go again. This is Jesus the Christ who is speaking. Mm -hmm. And this will let us also know, for, for I know there's a lot of teaching in the earth, that Jesus and God are not one. Mm-hmm. But this here lets us know that they are. He says, I am. Mm -hmm. That's the same thing God said to Moses. Yep, yep. So Jesus is declaring the same name that God gave himself. He given himself. He says, I'm Alpha and Omega. I'm the beginning and the end. He says, I, I, I'm the one who was, who is, and who's still to come. Which means I, I, I'm not bound by time. I'm the one that created time. Yes. And understand, th th this is what I love. Remember, you know, I'm a Genesis guy, right? So Genesis 1, 1 says, in the beginning, God created. Right? So there's one creator, but then 126 says, and let us make man in our image. We know that all three parts of the God had participated in creation. So Christ is declaring that I, I am the Alpha and Omega, that me and God are one. And that, and look, and, and it's the thing. He says, listen, I'm the almighty one. Come on. Come on. I know others might have other names, but I'm the almighty one. Jesus trying to let us know. He says, this is my resume. Check, check out who I am. <laughs> and so I, that thing just blessed me because in, in, in Revelation, we, we see Christ in his glorified state. We don't see him as, as a man, but we see him as, as, as Lord, the almighty one. 
And that just blessed me. I'm sorry, Deacon. Amen. You can keep Amen. Going. No, going. no. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Once again, for those of you who are just joining in with us, this is a dialogue tonight. We want to hear from you. Send in your questions, and we will get to them during the Q&A. No question is a dumb question, so please send them in if you have thoughts, if you have some questions or comments. We are picking up in, in verse 9. I, John, am your brother and your partner in suffering and in God's kingdom and in the patient endurance to which Jesus calls us. I was exiled to the island of Patmos for preaching the word of God and for my testimony about Jesus. Okay, let's pause there for a minute, Deaconess. So again, there's no question who the author is of, of this revelation. It's John. He says, I, John, mm -hmm. your brother. Now, he's writing this to the church, right? Now, you have to understand why he's made this first statement. He says, um, your brother and your partner in suffering. You have to understand that during this time, the church is being persecuted. Um, and that's why John ended up on this island. So let me just give you a quick synopsis of that. So John is on this island of, Pat, um, of Patmos. And he's on this island because the Roman leaders at this time was threatened by his teaching. You know, Caesar declared himself to be God. And so now you're talking about somebody higher than me, and we got to get rid of this guy. They tried to kill John. Listen to this. Yes, they tried on. to throw him. They threw him, not tried. They threw him in a vat of, of hot oil. And some people believe the oil got as hot as 500 degrees. And John walked out of that thing. See, see, so, so here's the thing that blessed me about this. When, when you're doing the work of God, God will protect you. Amen. God will keep you, even, even in situations where you shouldn't be kept. The, the average person should have died in that oil. And, but, but, but John did not die, and he was not harmed. And so after that, the, the government didn't know what to do with him, so they exiled him to this island and this island was a rough place it was where they sent mm -hmm. prisoners to do hard labor yep. and they worked in mines and all of that and so John received this revelation in a rough place mm. come on mm. come on he received a revelation no here's the thing he received a, re a revelation when he was exiled and so oh, so, so, if I had to give a sidebar and if this was a sermon I would my sidebar would be is that revelation can sometimes come in isolation Oh, see, see, sometimes God has to get you by yourself to reveal things to you. He has to get you alone so you can see what he's trying to reveal to you. And sometimes people and things can be distraction. And so sometimes he has to exile you or bring you to a place of isolation, I should say. And he listened. So he realized he was suffering. So he said, he told the church, I'm, I'm suffering with you all. I've been thrown in a pot of oil and now I've been exiled this island. All because I've been preaching the gospel and my testimony of Jesus Christ. I'm going to be quiet and let Elder John talk about this thing. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to follow that. But look, Pastor, but think about that. Think, think about that. What you just said was so powerful. Listen, jo John is the beloved. I, I, when you begin to talk about how he was kept, the thing that stands out to me is that John was the one the Bible said that Jesus loved. John was the one who was up under Jesus, meaning he, 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 was, he, was, he was coming to Jesus. You see what I'm saying? Like, like he spent time with Jesus when everybody else didn't. See, see, th that type of favor and protection and that, that covering comes from you being undercover with, like, like with you getting close to Jesus. You see what I'm saying? When you get close to Jesus, and I, and I, think, uh, I think about that out of all the people all the martyrs, like John was the one who was up close on Jesus. He was up close on Jesus. And so, so if we want that provision and that protection, like Pastor was just saying, we got to get close. And this, people of God, this is the season. If, if you don't know nothing else, if you don't know what signs of the times mean, you'll find it out tonight. Come on. <laughs> amen, amen. We're going to pick up on verse 10. It was the Lord's day, and I was worshiping in the spirit. Suddenly, I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet blast. It said, write in a book everything you see, and send it to the seven churches in the cities of Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. Please forgive me if I pronounce any. Um, Laodicea, I got La you covered. Thank you, Thank you. <laughs> now, now, let's pause there and talk about that. John, who was just preaching the gospel, 
John, so here's another thing John was doing in, in these last days. John was not only preaching Jesus Christ and sharing his testimony about his walk with Christ, but he also was shutting down the false prophets. Mm -hmm. You see, there, there were people going around after Jesus um, uh, uh, ascended back into heaven. There were people going around saying, oh, yeah, I was there the whole time. Y'all, Listen, I, boy, I was there with Jesus. I was at the foot of the cross. I was, I was doing this. And John was sitting back in the back of the church like, no, he wasn't. I was there. I'm John. Mm -hmm. You wasn't. None of y'all was there. And so he was shutting all that stuff down. But the thing that blessed me about this verse was even though he was um, persecuted for just spreading the gospel, even though he was in a place of exile, look how the script, look how the verse starts. On the Lord's day, he was worshiping. Yeah. Mm. Listen, no matter where he was, no matter uh, uh, his predicament, he didn't lose his worship. He, he, didn't, he, he, he did not lose his worship. And because of that, listen, the Bible says he was in the spirit. See, see there, there, there's a level of intimacy we have in our worship that, that we can be in the spirit and God will show you things. But we have to be willing to do that despite our situation. Sometimes we say, oh, I can't. I, I got my heart is too heavy. I can't worship the Lord today. Or I got too much going on and I can't do that. Listen, John was in a rough situation. Mm hard labor all for doing the right thing see it's, it's, it's one thing listen this thing this, I just received this sometimes you're going to be persecuted for doing the right thing mm. sometimes people are going to misunderstand your good but, but you can't lose your love for God for what people are doing Amen. John didn't allow what the Roman government was doing to him make him lose his zeal for God and so he said I was in, I was in the spirit I was worshipping on the Lord's day Go ahead, Elder John. Come, I mean, the question is, what, what are you doing in your exiled place? Mm. That's it. That's, my, that's all mine. Mm. <laughs> and it makes me also think about worship is not just in the building. Like, as we know, we can't be in the building right mm -hmm. now. That's right. right. So to your point, Pastor, worship can happen anywhere, not just on the Lord's Day. It should be taking place every day. That's good. You know, as... Every day. Go ahead. No, no, please finish, finish. <laughs> no. Okay, okay. Well, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's a, I mean, think about it. Is this not isolation? Mm. The pandemic? Is this not the very definition of what isolation means? I mean, we've heard, have so many testimonies of people saying, man, you know, like I needed, I, I, I needed this time. You know, God reminded me of how, how valuable church was. I mean, we just did the, 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 the drive through with the church members and you forget how important it is that, that personal person to person connection. Mm -hmm. But God reminds us, say, listen, if God be inside of you, Amen. if God be for you, who can be against you? Amen. Amen. We're in verse 12 of Revelations 1. When I turned to see who was speaking to me, I saw seven gold lampstands, and standing in the middle of the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man. He was wearing a long robe with a gold sash across his chest. Mm. His head and his hair were white like wool and as white as snow. And his eyes were like flames of fire. His feet were like polished bronze refined in a furnace. And his voice thundered like mighty ocean waves. All right. Thank you, Deaconess. Go ahead, Elder John. No, as I know you want this one. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. Thank you for gracing and allowing me to, to speak on, you know, what I'm passionate about. Uh, first of all, let, let's deal with what he starts out with in verse 12. He said, then I turned because he heard someone speaking to him. He said, I saw seven gold lampstands. I understand those seven lampstands represent the seven churches. Mm -hmm. And we're going to get that in a moment, okay? And standing in the middle of the lampstand, so standing in the middle of the churches, okay, is the one like the Son of Man. We know that's the Christ, okay, that's Jesus. Then we get into this description, right? Let's look at the description. It says that he was wearing a, a long robe with a gold sash across his chest, right? His hair and his, his head and his hair was like wool. Understand, it, it, I know it talks about the whiteness of wool, but anything could have been white. His robe, but they use wool because it's not just the color, but it's the texture. That's right. Amen. All right? Now, he says that his eyes was like, uh, a fame of fire. You know, whenever I read this, I think about the Good Times episode. Y'all see the, the Good Times episode when they was, when JJ painted the the black Jesus, 
Amen. <laughs> they say his eyes was like flame of fire. But here's the part I want to get to. His feet. Now, of course, he has a long robe. So, so, so John, let me sit down. John can't see <laughs> his whole body because of the robe. But he did get a glance of his feet. Mm. Right? When he saw his feet, they say his feet was like polished bronze refined in a furnace. So what you do, take a penny and put it in a fire, and that's what Jesus' feet looked like. Now, without putting a fire, it's already brown. Mm -hmm. But you put it in a fire, it's going to be dark brown. Remember, we were made in the image and likeness of God. Adam was made from the dirt of the ground, right? The rich soil of Africa. And if we made his image like the, um, and he had wool hair and he had dark feet. That means he didn't have long hair, blue eyes, and uh, mm. he wasn't European. Amen. We just got to name it and call it what it is. We're just reading the Bible. Um, and understand his voice is like many thunders. Um, and, and, and this is why, th th this is what I love. When, when you go back to the account of the Old Testament, when, when God began to speak in the mountain, right? The children of Israel was afraid of the voice of God. That's right. They, they, they told Moses, we're we scared. We don't want to go. You go and talk to him and tell us what he said because that's how powerful his voice is. That's the, uh, his voice is like thunder. And every time I hear thunder, I think about God's voice. Mm. Mm. I think about like, wow, th this is what God's voice sounds like. But you know, you want to get real close, you're like, woo, that was close. Mm. That same reaction you have, I said, man, that's how his voice is. Mm. That's powerful. Elder John, I'm Pastor, can I just, uh, look, first of all, it tells me he got bass in his voice. I don't know <laughs> who, who has natural bass. But anyway, uh, Pastor, question. Why do you think it has been such a push to characterize Jesus Christ in another racial uh, image. Well, unfortunately, unfortunately, um, it's all rooted in white supremacy. Mm. So, when when the European um, culture began to travel the world, and they began to go to places like Egypt, and they began to see the math and science that these African people were able to do. They felt inferior mm. to some degree. And so because they had power, they said, we need to change the narrative so we are on top and they're on bottom. And so you have to understand that Napoleon, the conqueror, he went through Egypt and defaced all of the images there because he didn't want you to see those wide noses and thick lips. Okay, um, when, when, when the, the, the Roman leaders uh, begin to uh, write uh, rewrite history and have pictures painted. Mm -hmm. See, it all started happen when you had pictures painted. Understand that the picture that most people know of Jesus Christ is Michelangelo's cousin. Mm -hmm. He used him as a model, and understand that is not what the Bible, how the Bible describes Jesus Christ. And so, unfortunately, a lot of the when we say um, the Bible's been whitewashed, it's all uh, uh, centered around um, white supremacy. Um, unfortunately, and that's what we see um, in our culture today. We don't see it in the Word of God, but we see it in our culture today. But you know what, Pastor? The, the funny thing is that the Bible is so ethnic. The Bible is so ethnic. I mean, even geographically speaking, it was, it was geographically impossible for the, for the people of God to, to uh, be people without melanin. Let, let's just right. put it that way. Uh, just because of their geographic location. And so uh, even right now, those people in those same areas, uh, in those same areas, it, Middle Eastern people, you don't see white Middle Eastern people, right? Except maybe those closer to the colder regions, right? Like Turkey, things like that. But, but, but in those regions where, where Israel was and, and things that took place, they were people of color. They were people of color. And I think, I think in order for us to really know and understand the gospel, in its truest sense, we have to know this part of it. We have to understand that part of it. Yeah, and, and so, Elder John, I don't want to spend all, all day on this because you know I can, but I, I just <laughs> want to highlight a couple of things about that. You, you, you said something that really resonated with me, that it's impossible for uh, the figures in the Bible to be without melanin, but all the pictures we see yes. are contrary to that. We thought, you know, I was raised Catholic, and so in the Catholic Church, you know, all of the, they have all the statues and they have all of the windows um, and stained glass, and they all. And, and I used to ask myself as a kid, "Man, ain't nobody in heaven black?" Because mm. all the figures I saw was white, including Christ. 
right? Now, but let's, 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 let's look at this story. Remember when Jesus was a baby, and, and I covered this a lot of times during the um, Christmas season, when, when, the, when the angel appeared to Joseph, he said to Joseph, Joseph, you and the baby go to Egypt and hide. Herod is trying to kill you. Let's, not call, let's call it what it is. Egypt is a country in the continent of Africa. They are black people, okay? And Jesus was hiding from a leader that was trying to kill him. I can't hide a black man. I can't hide a white man in a black community. He's going to stand out like a sore thumb. Jesus had to be the same color of the people that reached for him to blend in. Not just Jesus, but Mary and Joseph too. Okay. Not only that, think about this. A lot of times we're, we're told as African-American or as black Christians that we're serving a white man's religion. And again, that is contrary to what the scripture says. You got to understand some of the oldest churches, I could take you right to Ethiopia right now. Yep. They're, they're, they have the oldest churches. So we, we didn't get introduced to Christianity when we came on slave ships. That's right. We were Christians in Africa before we got here. And so we need to understand, people of God, what the Bible says and, and how the Bible is describing that we are all throughout the Bible. As a matter of fact, the Europeans don't come into the Bible to the New Testament when we have the Greeks and the, and the Romans in. Pastor, I know we don't, I, we, I know we don't want to stay here, but just give me, just bear, bear me another Please. 60 seconds. Um, and I think this at its core is, 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 a, is a violation of one of the first, the, the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not make any engraven images. And so I know almost every African-American family growing up, at least in the 80s and 90s, you had three pictures. There was three pictures in your house. There was Martin Luther King, John F. Kennedy, and Jesus, white Jesus, right? And that, that, that was in, it like in, enshrined in your head. And, but the Bible says, thou shalt not make any engraven images. That's right. Why, why does Jesus, the, the Bible say that? Because people would do exactly what people have done to this point. They will try to make it in their figure to look like them to dominate. And that's exactly what happened. And so uh, I remember as a child, Pastor, I'll just I'll say this. As a child, I, I had a picture of Jesus. And somebody mentioned to me uh, that, uh, you, know, you know, Jesus was a man of color. And I got angry. I said, don't you say that. I said, yeah, of course he could have. He could have been black, but, but, but don't you say that. And I wouldn't even consider it. And, and it. and it took me studying the word of God, geography, and, and, and learning to say, man, we've been hidden here. We are right here. Samson had dreadlocks. That's right. S Moses was married to a chop, chop, chocolate woman that's right Zipporah the song of Solomon Solomon's wife uh, was, was that Bathsheba in mm -hmm. Solomon yeah the song of Solomon she talks about that throughout there she said I was hated amongst my sisters amongst my parents because I was the darkest child right so we are layered we are throughout the Bible don't let anyone teach you any different this book is an ethnic book Right? So that, that, that's just something I wanted to add. Amen. We can stay there all day. We're going to so keep moving this yes. scripture. Amen. <laughs> amen. <laughs> amen. Once again, we are coming up on our Q&A really soon. So if you have any questions, please type it in the chat. We are picking up in verse 16. He held seven stars in his right hand, and a sharp two-edged sword came from his mouth. And his face was like the sun in all its brilliance. Okay. So let's deal with this real quick. So understand the seven lampstands that we talked about earlier represent the seven churches and the seven stars represent the seven angels or the seven leaders of those churches, okay? Um, and understand it says he had a sharp two-edged sword that came out of his mouth. We know the Bible describes the word of God as a two-edged sword, okay? Um, now understand this thing, bless me, because Jesus is the word. So the word is using the word. Mm. Mm. The, the word is speaking the word. And um, it talks about how his face was so brilliant like the sun. Understand that most folk, even throughout the Old Testament, could not look uh, on, on God or look on Christ because he was so brilliant. And that's his glory. His glory is so brilliant uh, that it shines like the sun. Amen. Isn't that amazing? See, that's what Adam and Eve lost. Mm. See, remember, be before the fall of man, they were clothed in glory. That's why they didn't know they were naked. When, when, it, when they ate the fruit, they lost their glory. And that's why they realized, they looked at each other and said, oh, we're naked because it wasn't shining no more. Oh, wow. Come on. 
I want to mess with that. All right, Elder John, please talk because I'll mess with that all day. No, 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 I'm not because we got to get Don't lose your shine. That's what I want to say. Go ahead, go ahead. That's, that's a message, Pastor. Don't lose your shine. Right. You all heard it here first. Don't lose your shine. <laughs> okay, we are picking up in verse 17. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as if I were dead. But he laid his right hand on me and said, Don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I died. But look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and the grave. Can, can we pause there? Please. So, so we need to make sure, like if you're not reading this in your actual Bible, this is red letter stuff. So that means this is Jesus. This is Jesus. And for, for, for those who would challenge what Pastor talked about, about Jesus and God being one, Jesus uses titles here that, that if anyone else said it would have been blasphemy. He says, he says, I am the first and the last. Isn't that the alpha and the omega? Mm -hmm. He says, I am the living one. I died, but look, I am alive forevermore. He's letting him know, I am, G look, hey, John, I know I look a little bit different, but I'm that dude. Right. I'm that same guy. And so I just, I just had to park there. And then, and then he says, and I hold the keys to death and the grave. And we know that Jesus Christ went to hell Right after after his crucifixion, he went to hell. Was there for three days and three nights, and he took the keys of death and, and the grave back from the um, from, from from Satan. John, um, uh, that that's what that's what Adam handed over when he when when the fall took place. He gave Satan the lease. He gave Satan the lease and the deed to the earth. Jesus came to get it back. And that's why Jesus conquered hell, death, and the grave. That's right. And that's why he, and then here's the funny thing. He says, I have the keys. Mm -hmm. That means I can lock and unlock. I can, I can, I, I, I have all power. And that's the thing we have to realize, that the, the God we serve has all power. Amen. Verse 19. Write down what you have seen, both the things that are now happening and the things that will happen. This is the meaning of the mystery of the seven stars you saw in my right hand and the seven gold lampstands. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. Now, what blessed me about this was that, again, this is red letter. So this is, the, this is Jesus talking, right? So uh, what blessed me is that he didn't leave this a mystery to John. That's right. John saw these lamps and what, what in the world these lamps and these stars mean? He said, no, I'm gonna, let me break it down for you so you don't have any question. The seven lampstands represent the seven churches. They are the seven churches, and the seven stars represent the seven leaders of these seven churches, okay? So um, we're going to go into... Okay, so that was uh, Revelations chapter 1. We are now at our Q&A portion of tonight. And so we, do we have any questions coming in from the chat? Okay, well, I have a question. The number seven was mentioned several times. What is the significance of the number seven? Oh, John, go ahead, please. Um, so, <clears throat> seven, seven is is seven is w one number that uh, that God uses quite often. We see it in Genesis, which is you know Pastor's book. That's my one of my favorite books. Um, the earth was created in six days, and on the seventh day, God rested. Uh, you know, seven is, seven represents perfection. Right, like completeness and perfection, and so <clears throat> uh, th th there's there's major significance, and we'll we'll dig a little deeper as we go along because we're going to see a lot more sevens, a lot more sevens that are going to that are going to help to understand the the uh, the significance of the seven, Pastor. No, I no, I totally agree. Um, and you know, the number seven, all the numbers in the Bible, when you see them over and over again. Um, they represent something. You know, the number seven is, is perfection or total completion. The number 40 is judgment or trial. So we know we have to pay attention as we're going through a book of Revelation. When we see those things, we have to pause and make sure that we, 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 we give it its, its due attention, okay? So um, I think, um, Deaconess Katrina, that um, we still have a little bit more time. So let's see how far we get into chapter two. Okay. One more question, though, before we oh, move sure. forward, Pastor. Um, when we think about revelations, what is revelation supposed to reveal to us? Mm -hmm. 
Well, you know, so I think, I think the first couple of verses of this chapter spells that out for us. I think that it is a revelation of what is to come. And, you know, it's, it's a revelation directly from Jesus Christ. But it's also going to reveal who Christ is. It's going to re reveal Christ in his glorified splendor. He's declaring it already in the first verse. And he's, I mean, the first chapter. I'm the Alpha and Omega. I'm the beginning and the end. I'm the first and the last. I am. You know, so it's revealing him as God and yeah. as the Christ. Mm -hmm. But also in this, John will see what the end times will look like. And this is why Elder John and I felt it was so important for us to uh, go over this because we realize, I believe, and we believe that we're living in these days. Yes. That, 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 that we're living in the last of the last days. And so that for the, the body of Christ to get the revelation of those times is important for us to share. Pastor, I just, um, just wanted to follow up the, the word, because some people may be questioning when they see the word angel used. And, and you know, so Pastor explained that that is referring to the leaders. So the, in, in the Greek, the word angel refers to, or the meaning is messenger. So, so when he uses the term angel, he's talking about the messengers over these churches. Mm -hmm. So that's why he's talking about the leaders of these churches. So, so just to give some clarity. Absolutely. Amen. Well, once again, we want to hear from you. If you have a question, type it in the chat and we will answer your question. Right now, we are going to move into Revelations chapter 2. We have a question come in, sister. Okay, we have a question that just came in. <laughs> What's the best way for young people to cast out their fear of reading the book of Revelation? Mm. Um, do it. Mm -hmm. I, I would say just start reading it. Um, matter of fact, make sure you attend every Bible study from here until we get done. Yeah. Because we're going to explain um, and then also pray before you read. Pray for revelation, but also pray and declare what God has already said about you. He's not giving you a, a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. And so I would say that uh, just pray before you read it. And um, I think the biggest thing for me is make sure that you're a part of the fold. That's right. See, if a young person, see, the only reason I would be afraid of this book if I wasn't saved. That's right. That's it. So if I'm saved, I shouldn't have any fear. And, and Elder John are gonna, and I are going to break this down when we get further along. We talk about the tribulation and, oh, and the rapture. I can't wait to get Come to that on. part. Because then, but then, because you'll realize then that there's no need to fear. Mm -hmm. Amen. We are his bride. We are his the church. The, Christ is the bridegroom. We are his bride. And so we don't have to fear. And so I just want to encourage you to, to attend all these Bible studies we're going to have coming up to these discussions so you can learn and hear from us and also ask these type of questions. Amen. And, and we go back to verse 3. Just, just knowing what, what it says, it, blessed is he that hears or reads the words of this book. Understand that this, this book is meant as a, this, this book is meant to actually give you the answers to the test. So imagine if somebody gave you a test and then you had a friend on the outside who slipped you the answers. Hey, I'm going to let you know what, what's, what's about to happen. So you got to look at it as grace. This is grace. God giving us the answers to the questions. And so uh, that, that's kind of what I would say. That's how we embrace that. Okay. Amen. 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 Okay, so we have, some, we have um, a little bit more time left. So we're going to go ahead and go into chapter 2, verse 1. And it reads, write this letter to the angel of the church in Ephesus. This is the message from the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand. The one who walks among the seven gold lampstands. All right. So let's pause here for a moment, Deaconess. So understand what, now again, this is all in red letters. So this is Jesus. He says, he's telling John, write this to the leader or the messenger of the church in Ephesus. Right? Um, and for the, for, for the, I'm pretty sure you can make that connection, but the church in Ephesus is the same folks that Paul wrote to when he wrote to the, the Ephesian church. Ephesians, yep. Okay? Um, he says, he said, he let them know that this message is from the one who hold him. Yeah. <laughs> Look what he says. He says, write it to the leader, but let him know I'm the one that's holding him. Mm. Wow. Okay? He says, in my right hand, and understand the hand, the right hand is the hand of authority. 
okay, the hand of authority. He says, and I'll walk amongst the, the seven lampstands. So in other words, Jesus says, I'm not far off. I walk in the midst of the church. At least I should. I'm going to Elder John, please. So, 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 so not to belabor this point, but Pastor, it, it, there, there's so much there, but I want to make sure that folks see the connection that everything that we saw, all the imagery we saw in in chapter one, when it talks about Jesus with the lampstands, that's all being is going to be brought up. And there's a reason why it's going to be brought up when it comes to each church. So when it talks about he has eyes like fire, that's going to be applied. That part of his feature is going to be applied to one of these seven churches. So pay close attention as we continue on. Verse two, I know all the things you do. I have seen your hard work and your patient endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You have examined the claims of those who say they are apostles but are not. You have discovered they are liars. Mm. You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. But I have this complaint against you. You, you don't love me or each other as you did at first. Let's pause there, Deaconess. So let's look at this. I love Jesus because Jesus comes like a good supervisor. Yeah. He tells you all the good stuff first. He, he, he don't come with all the bad report first. He says, look, first thing I want you to know, I've seen your hard work. I see your patience, your endurance. He says, no, you don't tolerate evil people. He says, you have examined the claims of those who said they were apostles, but they are not. So I love that about um, the, the church in Ephesus because, again, like I told you, there were a lot of false prophets, prophets and apostles. Oh, help me here, God. Come on. <laughs> there are a lot of people that were proclaiming to be apostles, but they weren't. Okay? Um, and so, uh, so th this church spoke out against them. He said, and you discovered that they were liars. He said, you have patiently suffered without quitting. That means they had endurance. They, they were a good church. He says, but I have this complaint against you. You not love me or each other as you first did. So the church in Ephesus, the, Jesus' complaint against them is that they lost their first love. Now, now, we do know that the Bible clearly says that when, when, when Jesus was questioned about um, the commandments, he said, they, they asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus said, um, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, and your soul, and to love your neighbor as yourself. He said, you can hang all the laws on these two. And so they forgot that. All this good work they're doing, they forgot to love. Wow. And, and, and so this is what we have to think about. This is what we have to consider. We, all the good stuff that we do, we can't forget to love. We can't forget to keep, continue to love God and to love each other. You know, you know, it's easy to fall into a thing. Well, I don't, you know, I, you know, I love my church, but I don't love so-and-so. I love, I love the pastor, but I don't know about this one and that one. <laughs> you see, we have to be careful because we don't want to be. Uh, uh, and so, again, when I say when you talk about the personality of the church, you'll see all these personalities that the, the church will describe. You'll see them in the modern day church. Amen. Amen. And, and one of the things that stands out to me is that he repeats this. He says, I know all the things you do. I have seen your hard work and your patient endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You have examined the claims of those who say you have discovered all these things that they do, 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 right? But they forgot to love. Mm. They forgot to love, right? And, and so the commandment is love thy neighbor as thyself. And the one thing, Pastor, if I could say this that stands out to me about that is that we don't choose our neighbors. Mm. Somebody just moves in next door, <laughs> changes and wrecks your situation, changes things, and you got mm -hmm. to adjust. And God says, that's the one I want you to love. The one who's going to irritate you. The one who's going to walk on your grass. That's the one I want you to love. Ouch. That's the one I want you to love. God challenges us with that. That all your good works, with all, your good, all the good things that you've been doing. He said, and, and a lot of people, Pastor, uh, get so caught up on works. I mean... I mean, how many of us have ever had experience where we, we, we've been, uh, been attached or been associated with a church that, that they're doing a lot of things, but they mean as all get out, mm. right? The love of God is not there. And so he says, hey, look, you're doing, you're doing, you're doing, but you're not loving. 
And the Bible tells us that if you, you can't say you love God, but don't love your neighbor. That's true. Sorry. Well, let's see what else we can get in. We're going to pick up in chapter 5, verse 5, I'm sorry, verse 5 of Revelations 2. Look how far you have fallen. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. If you don't repent, I will come and remove your lampstand from its place among the churches. All right, we have to deal with this. He says, look how far you have fallen. That means they didn't realize how far away they had got from love. Wow. When, 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 you, when the Lord has to remind you how far you have fallen, that's bad. Because they were so busy doing all this good work that they didn't realize how far they got away from their first love. But then he, he, he's not playing with them. He says, turn back to me. So you have to understand, in order to turn back, that means I turned away. Wow. And I have to turn back to him and turn back to the ones I've been commanded to love. And so he, he's saying, turn back to me. And do the works. Listen, he said, I don't mind you doing the work, but do the, the works that you did at first. Those things, and you know what? And I have to admit, I have to have a transparent moment, Elder John and Deaconess Katrina. When we have been operating as a ministry for 10 years, and I realized, and, and like this year, really, this, as you talk about the pandemic reveals, I said, you know what? Some of the things we did at first, we just got away from. And so in order for us to get to a place where we don't lose our first love, we have to constantly be in a mindset of reminding ourselves mm -hmm. and have those around who will always say, don't forget what we, how we first got started. Wow. Because, you know, a church could go to a point where you lose that family touch and that, that personal thing. Yeah. And I know as, a, as the leader, as the pastor, the things I used to do when we were just 20 of us, I don't do now. Now, some of those things maybe I shouldn't do because we have more people and more hands. But there are some things we can do, and the thing we can't lose is the love. That's Amen. right. Amen. Picking up in verse 6. But this is in your favor. You hate the evil deeds of the Nicolaitans just as I do. Let's pause there real quick. Now, do you want to talk about them or you want me to talk about them? I, I, I'll just okay. say, uh, so uh, the, the, the Nicolaitans were a, a sect or, that came um, from actually one of the first church deacons. One of the first church deacons, you'll find him in Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 6, where it talks about where they appoint. Remember, the, the, the apostles, they said, hey, listen, you know, listen, you know, they, uh, some of the daily, uh, the daily ministry was, being, was not being met. And, and so they would come into the apostles saying, hey, you know, the women, the, the widows, our widows and the, um, the Greek widows are not being um, fed and things like that. So they established deacons. They say, hey, listen, we can't leave uh, seeking God and preaching the word in order to meet, um, you know, do that type of thing. So one of the seven deacons that were chosen was a man by the name of Nicholas. Yes. Now, Nicholas, um, Nicholas for a time was very faithful, but he, he <laughs> excuse me. He got caught up. So uh, apparently the, the ministry was dealing with a lot of the, the widows. And he got caught up in a, a lot of uh, transgression, I'll call it, um, with, with, with the women. And his, his practice in doing that opened the door for folks to follow his practices. And so if you wanted to. Right. And so, and so with that being said, they're, they're known for. So during this time they were trying to woo the Christians into their practices. And some of their practices was sexual immorality. Some of their practices was eating um, foods off up to idols. And so it was a lot of paganism that came out this, this, this group. And they were trying to woo uh, a lot of the people that was a part of the church of Ephesus into their practices. Yep. Verse 7, anyone with ears to hear, must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. To everyone who is victorious, I will give fruit from the tree of life in the paradise of God. Amen. Amen. And so understand, just like Elder John highlighted in verse 3, there's a blessing. Look what he says here. Anyone who has an ear to hear must listen to what the Spirit is saying and understand what he's saying to the churches. 
um, to everyone who has uh, victorious, I will give them fruit from the tree of life. Now remember that. Remember, the tree of life is what Adam and Eve was banned from touching. And now Jesus is saying, I'm going to give you access to that. Amen. 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 Everything to add to that? You said it. You said There's a question. All right. So we have a question from the chat. Um, society and media paints a chaotic picture about the last days. Is that our reality when God finally comes back? If so, how as Christians do we stand on faith and not fear? Ooh, that's a good one. That's a real good one. Um, I, I don't want to jump ahead in our, in our teaching, but we're going to have to see the signs of the times. Mm -hmm. we're, I, and again, Elder John and I will break this down, trust me, to a T, but I don't believe we're going to be a part of the tribulation. A tribulation is coming. And, and we're not going to see it. But we will have to see all the signs. All the things that Jesus spelled out in Matthew 24. There'll be wars and rumors of war. There'll be brother against brother. There'll be pestilence in the earth. All the things we're going to have to experience and see. Okay? But we have to also look at ourselves like Israel did when they was in the midst of Egypt. All these plagues was coming to them. And guess what? They were shielded from most of them. Yes. Yes. And so, and so they, even though they had to see the, the frogs and look, can, can you imagine, can you imagine that everybody around you has darkness, but yet you still walking in light? Yes. Mm. Before flashlights. Before flashlights. <laughs> Before electricity. So, 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 so you have to understand that, that, that because you're covered under the blood, that there's no need to fear. That there's no need to operate in fear because Christ is going to, he's going to call his bride to him. And then we're going to watch all this stuff unfold in the earth. And trust me, we're going to walk through this thing like a fine tooth comb. Trust me, we're going to walk you through all of the tribulation. We're going to talk about the prophecy of Daniel. We're going to lead you back to that. We're going to talk about the, the seven years, the halfway point. We're going to deal with all of that. But for right now, to answer that question, I don't think what we're seeing are signs of the times. What we're, we're not experiencing the tribulation. Trust me, this ain't nothing in compared to what's coming. That's right. But these are signs that us know that the time is near and that we need to make sure we're good with Christ. Mm -hmm. We need to make sure we're, that, that we have accepted him and that we're living a life that's pleasing to him. Um, and, and, and I would just, I would just add, I, I mean, just uh, second that. Like the, the Bible says that there, there is, there's torment in fear. There's no fear in love. When you understand how much God loves us, when you understand how much he loves us, and Pastor just touched on it, in the children of Israel, during the judgment of Egypt, right, there were 10 plagues. I want to say about eight, eight out of the 10, the first few because the children of Israel were acting in unbelief. But once they got in alignment, my God, once That's they it. got in alignment, they, God, God shielded them from those plagues. The same practice we see with the judgment with, uh, uh, during the times of Noah, right? God protected his people during that judgment, right? You just preached about it two weeks ago about Lot. Mm -hmm. God says, hey, listen, I will not, I will, I will hold back my judgment even if I got 10%. He said the 10% protects the 90 yeah. Even if I got 10, 10 believers, I will, I will not judge a two wicked nations. Mm -hmm. So when you understand how much he loves us, where he says, hey, listen, I'll hold back judgment on a whole nation, two nations, because you're there. Right. And, and so um, and Elder John hit up something on Noah, and we just dealt with this recently. Understand what happened. God did not send judgment until the door of the ark was shut. Was shut. Mm -hmm. So the ark represents the church. Understand, until, until everyone who's supposed to be in the church is there, understand, God's going to shut the door, and then judgment will come. And, but we're, and we'll be in a place of safety, an ark of safety under, uh, under God. So, so you don't have to operate in fear. Absolutely. Amen, amen. Well, we are at time for this evening. I don't know about you, but I have enjoyed this dialogue on tonight. We will stop um, this evening. And with chapter two, uh, we'll pick up with verse eight next week. We covered um, the first church, the church of Ephesus, and we will see you back here again next week. Pastor Elder John, you guys have closing remarks. 
um, what what we would just want to talk about. Uh, offer people to. Update. Oh yeah, yeah. So 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 a couple of things people have got. Number one, um, I knew this was going to happen. We only got to one church. We have six more churches we have to cover, and we haven't even gotten to the 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 the, the riders of the full horse the full and horse the, the horsemen, and we haven't gotten to all the the, the ins and outs of Revelation. So hang in there with us, and I promise you, we're going to get there. We're going to take our time. We're not going to rush this because we want you to have full understanding. Now, again, I first of all, I want to just thank um, Elder John and Deaconess Katrina um, for for being being willing to do this, and I pray that it was um, fruitful for you. Just on our first one. And that, that you learn something. But listen, we don't want to close the service without offering um, prayer and offering um, um, salvation. Okay? You might be watching this and say, listen, um, I don't know Jesus Christ in the part of my sins. You, you know, I am one of those ones who are afraid because I don't know him. Mm. And, and if that's you, listen, Jesus made a very, he, he said, listen, if all you, all you have to do is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart the Lord Jesus and you shall be saved. Okay? And so, if that's you, I can lead you right now in that prayer. Okay? Let's just pray. Let's pray. Um, if, if this is you, just say this after me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you as a sinner, realizing I need salvation. I realize now that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And so today, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. And so, Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and Savior, and I accept your sacrifice as payment for my sin. Mm -hmm. And I give you my life for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. It's that simple. So, listen, we're, I'm going to make that petition every week, Elder John and I, because we're teaching in this, so we want to make sure that everyone's watching us are covered under the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, listen. Um, if you're watching this, I want you. I want to encourage you to sow a seed. It's offering time. I want you to sow a seed into God's kingdom. Listen, if this word bless you, sow a seed into the word. Amen. Okay? You can sow a seed in the word. We can sow it three ways. We can sow through GiveLify. You can sow through eBless or the Square Link. Or, hey, listen, we have a P.O. box. Go to our um, Facebook page and our website, and you can mail a check to our P.O. box. Okay? Um, but we want you to sow a seed into the word tonight. Um, I'm praying right now that everyone is strong, that you're operating in, in victory, that no one is lacking. I declare the blessing of God over your life. Now, listen, I want you to make sure that you're tuning in. Invite family and friends to join us next Thursday. But listen, this coming Sunday, I promise you, we're going to have a life-changing word. I promise you, it's going to bless your life. And so, listen, I want to see you on Sunday morning. Please, again, I hope that this was a blessing to you. Let us know. Give us your feedback. Let us know, hey, this was a blessing. Um, I'm going to invite more people to come next week. Um, but but again, I want to thank uh, Elder John and Deaconess Katrina. I'm looking forward to next week, and we're going to pick up with the other remaining six churches. Listen, Elder John, you have anything to say? Man, you said you said it all, Pastor. All right. Deaconess <laughs> Katrina, anything to say? Thank you all for tuning in. Amen. We'll see you all real soon. Thank you for listening to the Raymond Talk Podcast. Hope you join us next time.